welcome to the Board Shorts podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Cook, and I'm here with another easy to digest dose of valuable board and company director related information designed to help you to get on board and thrive in the boardroom. Hello, friends. You're listening to episode number 34. Welcome to the boardroom also known as how to quickly get up to speed and start returning value to the board and organization. (laughs) Today, I'm answering a listener's question, which of course are my favorite questions to answer. Mark, who is a member in my Board Talk community on Facebook, and if you're not yet a member, please be sure to join. It is free and I'll share the link to the group in the show notes. So Mark has asked the following two questions. What should one expect from a director induction or onboarding program? And number two, if there is no formal new director onboarding program in place, for example, in the case of smaller not-for-profits or private companies, what should one ask for from the chair and the CEO to get themselves up to speed as quickly as possible ahead of the first board meeting. Now, I think Mark has alluded to the realities of life as a new board member in that there may not be an induction or onboarding process on the board that you join. So be prepared for it not to be there, which is why we're going to talk about how you can take the initiative to onboard yourself so that you can fully contribute and start returning value to the board and organization and so that it starts becoming a fun experience for you as well. And importantly, so you can fully meet your governance obligations and expectations. We cannot forget about those. As a side note, if you're new to a board that doesn't have a formalized induction process, I invite you to use your perspective and experience as this new board member to begin creating one for future board members. So think of that as your first contribution to the board and organization. Okay, so let's answer Mark's first question. What should one expect from a new director, induction or onboarding program? Firstly, I want you to know that it's going to take time. As a board member, you're really only coming into the business once a month, if that. It could be once every couple months, once every quarter, whatever it is. And it's usually for a relatively short period of time think a few hours up to half a day or a full day. And in the grand scheme of things, that's not a very long time. So it's going to take time for you to get familiar with the board and with the business. So be conscious of this and please do not put undue pressure on yourself to perform at the level that the other board members who have been there for a longer period of time. That's just not worth your while. But the faster you move and take the initiative to learn and understand, the better. 
What you can't speed along is the actual experience that you get from the board meetings themselves. So becoming familiar with that is going to take a little bit longer. So where to next? Firstly, I would hope that any type of induction program is going to help you to understand your expectations if you don't know them already, which you could have gained exposure to this through the board recruitment interview and appointment process. So you need to know what the expectations are of you as a board member of this board of this organization. And you probably know them already. In fact, I hope you do and that you evaluated these expectations against what you're actually capable of meeting in this role as a board member. But I want you to also be reminded of these throughout your journey in this boardroom. A position description or a board charter may have all of these expectations mapped out for you. And it's going to cover things like meeting attendance, committee involvement, event attendance, fundraising obligations, if there's any other business support activities, particularly for smaller organisations, board culture expectations and other type things. So that's one. Hopefully they've got that nicely laid out for you across one document or a few different documents like that. Next, I want you to start getting to know the business. Any type of induction program is going to induct you into the business that you're governing. (laughs) So familiarize yourself with as many aspects of the business, the organization as you can. Understand the environment that it operates in and the key drivers of the industry and of this particular organization. If you want, I would really encourage you to organize site visits, having conversations with the CEO and senior staff members and really get to know them and the role that they play in the organization. Uh, I would also encourage having brief conversations with the customer or client-facing staff, those people right at the coalface, to gain some insights into their perspective and what they're seeing, what they're feeling, what they're thinking, because this is going to likely help you to make better informed decisions in the boardroom. I also want you to take the time to read everything. And this includes the business mission, vision, and strategy. Read the company website, read any staff announcements that have come out, read the social media feeds, whatever you can easily get your hands on to get that intimate understanding of the business. (laughs) Well, you know, as intimate as a board member can get. Next, it's time to get to know the board. And if you've read anything that I've put out or listened to any of these podcasts, you'll know that I am a fan of really building those relationships, those interpersonal relationships with your fellow board members. And 
this is where it can begin. So getting to know your board members, you really want to get up to speed with those fellow board members. Who are they? What's driving them? What inspires them? Why did they join this board? What are they hoping to achieve from this role, etc., etc.? You may like to read through um, the various board papers and board minutes, including the financials, of course, for the past 12 months. Don't just take the most recent month. You want to sort of get in a bit of an oversight into any type of seasonal financial trends that may be appearing so that you don't um, think that they're in a cozy position because you're just seeing the December quarter and that included Christmas sales that were through the roof, then to see the March quarter and fall off your chair because th- you think things are grow- going backwards. So consider that as well. <laughs> the annual report you may want to take a look at, including those audited financial statements. Yes, you've probably read these as part of your due diligence process, but read them again now from the perspective of a board member. You want to take a look at the risk management overview and the strategy that they have attached to that. Take a look at the board charter, the constitution, and all of the relevant policies and procedures that are associated with the board. You may like to also read the biographies of your fellow board members and do a little bit of internet stalking to find out a little bit more about them. And that's if you haven't done that yet. I hope you have uh, because part of your due diligence uh, is really beneficial if it includes that evaluation of your potential fellow board members as well. Um, So check those out. If you get allocated a board buddy, that will be highly valuable to you. So this is a person who's already on the board that you can get paired up with that becomes kind of like a mentor to you, to that new board member. And this is the person that you can ask all of your quote unquote dumb questions to. Um, Things like, what does that acronym mean? (laughs) Um, And usually those aren't dumb questions. And I really encourage you to ask those anyway in the board meeting because the chances are that lots of people are thinking them and no one's asking them. So this board buddy can also shed some light on the historical underpinnings of why things are the way they are right now and to help you to navigate the other personalities in the boardroom and in the senior levels of the organisation, those people who come into the board to give regular reports and updates. These relationships, this understanding is critical to not only your performance in the boardroom, but the performance of the board as a whole. Next, do some admin for yourself. Things like locking in all of the board and committee meetings into your calendar and be sure not just to set the date, but you want to have some preparation time scheduled in to your diary as well. You may want to arrange a regular phone call with the chair of the board and or your board buddy. So what's that regular checkup look like? What works for both of you? Um, Checking things like the director's and officer's insurance policy is current and it's comprehensive and you're comfortable with it. Um, Check that you've signed the appropriate consents. When you 
um, agree to join the board and be a company director, you actually have to sign a document giving your consent to act as a director. If you haven't done that, um, be sure to prompt them to get, get you to do that. Ensure that your details have been added to the appropriate register or registers. So when you become a company director, you're usually, if it's um, a company that's been incorporated through ASIC, this is in Australia, um, you need to be added to that register within a certain period of time. And the company secretary is the person who normally does this kind of activity. But I hope that you're also following up and checking that that is done as well. Uh, if you are also inclined, why not reach out to your fellow board members and introduce yourself? And that's a really good first conversation to have, a great icebreaker. And if you're not up to calling them on the phone, a simple email is probably a-okay just to say, hey, I'm looking forward to um, sharing this board with you and working together to further the strategic goals of organization X. It's very simple. Just reach out. That would be very nice. <laughs> um, and don't stop once there. Continuous learning is as important as spending time on the job. So in the boardroom, learning board stuff over time as well. Um, I encourage you to ask questions, even if you're feeling like they're stupid, um, even if you're feeling like everyone probably knows the answer, hint, some people may not, it is worth asking the question. Um, I would also encourage you to provide feedback to the chair, to the appropriate person on how you found the induction process itself. It's very easy for us to fall victim to the tyranny of knowledge and to lose sight of what it's like to not know things. And so your perspective from this uh, fresh new set of eyes coming into the boardroom is really important and valuable to this board. So I would encourage you to share that. That is how you can start giving value back to the board pretty much instantaneously. Okay, so that's a very broad overview of what you can expect from an induction process. And every induction process is different. There's not one set of rules. There's um, probably a bit of a framework that you could do. And I've shared some links to some articles that I found that can help you if you're on a board and wanting to put together an induction process, but they are very individual to each organization, to each board. Uh, but they are worthwhile because you're investing in a new board member. It's great to have them starting to return some value as quickly as possible. And the way to do that is through an induction process. Now we're going to move on to Mark's second question. If there's no formal new director onboarding program, what should you be asking for from the chair and the CEO to get yourself up to speed as quickly as possible, preferably ahead of that first board meeting? What I have spoken about already in relation to what you can expect in an induction process is a bit of a perfect guide to what you could be asking for 
if there's no formal induction process. So breaking down your hunt for knowledge across the business and the board, so those two buckets, provides you some guidance on what questions to ask of the CEO and of the chair. So to go beyond what I've outlined above, which I'm going to assume that I, if I was this new director, um, that I've asked to see all that information and I've read it before these conversations, let's say I'm sitting down with the CEO and then sitting down with the chair, here are some of the questions that I would be asking of the chair and of the CEO of a new board that I'm joining. So these are very personal to me. I would encourage you to, after you've read through all of the documentation, even if there is a formal induction process, to maybe sit down and have this conversation with the CEO or the equivalent person and the chair and ask some further questions that may not uh, be contained within those documents that you've read through. So this is what I would ask the CEO or equivalent person, depending on your organization structure. Tell me about yourself and how you came to be in this particular role. What inspires, drives, and motivates you? How are you progressing with the main strategic imperatives? What are the key challenges and opportunities facing the industry? And ditto, but facing the company. What do we as an organisation do really well? Where are you looking to take the company in the next five years? How do you see the board supporting that ambition? What is the biggest or most significant project that you're working on at the moment? So these are all just a brain dump that I would do with that first stage conversation. Your questions may be a little bit different, but I really encourage you to um, keep the conversation very high level, especially with the CEO, and do your very best to keep your opinions to yourself at this stage. Really what you're doing is you're asking questions and you're listening, and that's it. (laughs) You're on an information finding mission, accumulating knowledge that's going to help you make decisions in the boardroom and discretion in these conversations is critical. So now what would I be asking the chair? Well, if I haven't asked these questions already through the interview process, which as I was writing these down, uh, I kind of felt like I should for myself, I would want to know these before I kind of signed on the dotted line. Um, But here they are, I would want to know them. How would you describe your leadership style? What does great look like to you in relation to board performance? How would you describe the culture of the boardroom? What do you do to maintain a high performance culture? How does the board support the organisation in the achievement of its strategic goals? How can I best contribute? What are the biggest risks to the organisation and how are they being managed? How does the board evaluate its own performance and the performance of each board member? 
what should I be asking you about that I haven't asked about yet? (laughs) So many of these questions, as I've mentioned, particularly to the chair, are probably going to be asked through the interview process. Um, You'll likely have noticed that many of these questions relate to the interpersonal aspects of the boardroom. From my time on boards over the past 12 years or so, these are the factors that impact the ability to, for the board to do its governance job more than anything else. So we do get caught up thinking that boards are all about governance, 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 governance. Yes, they are, but it's done with and through people. And so the people bit has to come first. So to me, the interpersonal aspects of board life are the critical but often ignored elements. So ignore them at your peril. As I said, they are my questions. I would really encourage you to sit down and think through what are those things that you'd like to ask the CEO and the chair in this initial conversation after you've done all of your reading and knowledge accumulation through documentation and other sources as well. And with your meeting with the CEO, I really encourage you to make sure that the chair is well across that, that they know that you're meeting with the CEO. They don't necessarily have to be there unless they really feel compelled to, then, you know, that's cool. Just let them know that you're meeting them, what type of things you're going to be asking that you have met with them and what the outcome to that conversation was, just so the chair is well across it and doesn't uh, feel blindsided or um, put off that you've met privately with the CEO and they didn't know about it. So as I said, it's all about (laughs) interpersonal relationship management. So the information that I've shared in this podcast is in no way exhaustive, um, And it's very much driven from my experience in boards uh, over the past 10 to 12 years. I invite you to check out those links to the various websites that I've put in the show notes for more information about what makes a good board induction program and also how you can self-onboard if there is no formal program. Whichever way you access the information, take the initiative to grow your knowledge of the board and the business, and you'll be well on your way to thriving in the boardroom. If you haven't already, I invite you to subscribe, rate, and review the Board Shorts podcast on your favourite podcast app. And please feel free to share that you're listening and what your takeaways are from this episode on social media using the hashtag BoardShortsPodcast. Thank you so much for listening and I really look forward to talking with you in the next episode. BoardShortsPodcast is powered by Get On Board Australia, the destination for aspiring and new board members, helping you to get on board and thrive in the boardroom.